The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Gray Hat week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this week we're going to discuss the balance of ranking optimization and risking your domain's reputation. Joining us for Gray Hat SEO week is Joe Sinkwitz, who is the principal at Digital Heretics, which is a brand reputation management agency. Joe is also the co-owner of the Advanced Search Summit and a co-founder and CEO of IntelliFluence, which is a SaaS tool that helps brands discover the right influencers for their products pitch them, and get honest reviews. He's had a wide variety of experiences related to SEO, content optimization, and helping brands get out of trouble. And today, Joe and I are going to talk about gray hat strategies related to misleading users using cloaking and JavaScript. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Joe Sinkwitz, principal at Digital Heretics. Joe, welcome back to Gray Hat SEO Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you for having me back. We're covering a lot of ground this week. We've talked about what Gray Hat SEO is, some of the different categories, how people are using SEO, including backlinks and their content strategies. And today we're going to talk about a topic that's probably more black hat than it is gray hat, which is misleading users. I think there's a lot of nuance to what you're saying your content represents in Google and then what you actually deliver on the page. Talk to me about the practice of actually showing users what they expect to get and where SEO is getting in trouble by misrepresenting what they're having shown in Google. Sure. So I'm actually a big proponent of trying to align the landing page experience to the expected experience on click. So there was a period of time, let's go back like a decade, even more than a decade ago, 
where you could rank for Disney princess and send them to a porn site. Now, it sounds kind of funny in retrospect, but what was their sales on this? Like, did they get a great amount of sales without misleading click into something completely irrelevant? They were selling on a CPM basis. They just wanted the impressions. Yeah, yeah. So like, there, there's that. Yes. But like, nowadays, it's not quite as solid. The problem was they would have made more money ranking for Disney Princess and sending them to like a Disney Princess store landing page in terms of like a CPA basis. I still do believe, I've tried to be cultivating this belief for a while, that the closer you align the expectation to the delivery, the experience, the more money you're going to make. Now, I do see a lot of dynamic results where it's essentially the same page. It's swapped out based on variables, which you might see a little bit more on AdWords or you know Bing ads, where you're changing out elements on the landing page, similar to what we talked about the other day with regards to an influencer coming in and seeing that psychological trigger of, hey, it's just like me. I'm coming from YouTube. You have a YouTube embed on your site. In this particular case, they might swap out different elements based on where they think a person is on a buying cycle or where they think the person is based on usage interest. If I click on an iPhone landing page versus an Android, uh, um, sorry, an Android query versus an iPhone query, and I click on an iPhone one, it would make sense to show me more content related to the iPhone. Now, some of this can be considered cloaking because you could have a very deep page about cellular phones and you could be trying to hide information in the DOM, the shadow DOM, with regards to the, all the breakouts of different type of phones. Now, for the user experience, did they find that misleading though? You're really only technically misleading Google. Does the user find it misleading that they clicked on something iPhone-related, landed on the iPhone landing page, and maybe they're purchasing a product related to your iPhone? I would argue that it's not misleading to the user. You're just essentially sidestepping what Google probably wants to see because not everything is visible content. Yeah, I think this really runs into the area of conversion rate optimization. And I'm surprised that more brands haven't had trouble using tools like Optimizely and, and VWO and all the, you know, the CRO and experience optimization tools where you have a page that's submitted and it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. How's Google evaluating those pages? I'm surprised there hasn't been more pushback in the search community for how those pages are dynamic and what's being optimized. Well, I think, you know, maybe some of the pushback from the SEO community is the difficulty working with the deaf community. In a lot of cases, they should be working hand in hand, but sometimes it becomes an adversarial relationship where if an SEO comes in and says, hey, we're going to completely overhaul this entire experience. Here's how it's all going to be dynamically driven. And the developer looks at it and says, it's working just fine. What are you trying to do? That comes up all the time. I had a request from a developer at a client is that, hey, we want to take out this text that's plain text, and we just want to make it the same as the background text, and said, don't do that, please. Like, There's a give and take that happens with SEO and dev, and, and you know, some SEOs are really not that technical, and some devs are not that marketing-centric, so there can become a disconnect there. You mentioned like uh, Optimizely. One of the tools I use is userinsights.com, and so they do like simple user testing. And we did essentially a test on having people go through Google <laughs> to click on certain results and then, you know, jumble around the site, you know, make them do a little user video of them navigating the site and say, like, 
what was your favorite word on the page? They come back and they say a phrase or whatever it might be. And the whole point of pushing them through these tests is you're manipulating the user signals because you basically just got a branded query, a click, some decent dwell, they're scrolling around the site, and then they, they took an action for you. That doesn't necessarily relate so much to cloaking and user experience and the delivery. I just thought it was a fun little, little hack people do. So are you using the user testing to basically boost the performance of a page to drive the signal up through Google? Yes. Oh, so gray hat, Joe. So gray hat. Whenever possible, I like to work in multiple dimensions if I can. And so we actually needed to use user testing to test out some conversion issues. And so we thought, well, while we're doing it, we might as well have them start in Google to get to the page we needed to work on. So it just happened to have that dual benefit. Let's just keep that one a secret between you and me. I'm sure Google would probably frown on that practice. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, now that everybody knows about it, it's going from gray hat to black hat. I guess we can right, right, the cat's right. out of the bag. So when it comes to misleading the users and, and talking about the user experience, you're a big advocate of trying to replicate what the pre-search experiences or the, the pre-click experiences on the page, right? Understanding the context of what drove somebody to the page and then changing the page to be able to reflect that, right? Making a cohesive message last across the entire buying journey. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Absolutely. What are some of the ways where that is obviously effective, but what are some of the ways where you've seen that get people into trouble when they're modifying the page too much? Yeah, so like I've seen it and I know it's going to be part of a presentation coming up in a couple of weeks. Simon Hestelman is going to be talking about this. And where we've seen it go off the rails is if you're always using dynamic text and someone puts in really garbage information as part of their query and you create a landing page, you could end up creating a landing page about, you know, Ben Shapiro naked in the bathtub. And unfortunately, that person's going to see a landing page that keeps mentioning this phrase in various places. And yes, it's very relevant to the query. But that's, that's like a bad query for the domain to be relevant to. 
Trust me, folks, it's a bad query. Don't say <laughs> So like that's where like the over automation and dynamic experience is bad. But I thought of something else too. There is a time when you want the landing page to not be aligned. And that's if your entire goal is to get them to click out of that landing page somewhere else. In the early days of AdSense, you would want a really crappy design so you could have an ad block and just have them to click the ad block to leave your page. Now that's not you know something that happens too much because you end up getting your AdSense funds uh, rescinded. But that strategy worked pretty well. And it also worked in like the last click style. I'm trying to think of the, the phrase like outbrain and those guys. Like, you know, they would have those juicy looking images and headline of you won't believe what they did next on real garbage articles because people would like skip the garbage articles and go to the, the clickbait instead. So there is a time when you would want to not have it aligned. It's just I think those days are ending pretty fast. And I think it's going to be more closer to you need them aligned, but don't automate for automate sake. And be careful about what you swap out. Maybe you need to have a, a specific list of here's the type of elements we'll swap out. Here's the degree to which we'll personalize this page to prevent over-personalization in a direction that is uh, going to get you in hot water. So how do you evaluate what is appropriate personalization? Obviously, you're looking at your throughput for your web page. But how do you figure out what is, from a search perspective, too much personalization? What's actually hurting your domain? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a case-by-case basis. So you might have like a list of stop words where if you see these particular phrases, you do not swap out an element. Maybe you just say you ignore it. You could also do it in like a bucket situation where certain phrases, if they exist within the query and it comes in through the refer, that you'll swap out. It's like I'll show cash advance because they mentioned cash somewhere in the, in the query. But I'm not going to put in, you know, cash advance near me. I need meth now. Like, no, I don't think we want to go to that level. I think cash <laughs> advance is going to be sufficient here. So like you can do it where you trim down the amount of personalization. That's probably going to be the best strategy. And if you're working on something that's just overly broad, like you mentioned, like if I put in office chairs and it's a cash advance page, I probably don't want it to change. I question why they landed on that page to begin with. But you know, c'est la vie. I think just trimming down how those elements get swapped out and creating almost like a safe list is probably the better method. I think anything that has the term need meth now should probably be blacklisted, <laughs> just general rule of thumb. As you think about the evolution of user expectations and how Google has thought about personalization what do you think is the future, right? Where are people going to be optimizing their pages and how is that going to affect the domain authority? Well, that's a good question because I think some of that domain authority might shift if they go into like that hyper-personalization of like singular landing page, right? And they have very, very few pages. They can kind of hoard that overall authority on that page level basis, if they decide to not go on the hyper-personalization and end up having quite a few landing pages, then it gets spread out. Now, I think part of my concern with the hyper-personalization is because it can go off the rails, a guy like me might approach it saying, okay, let's make this go off the rails for my client. That's my concern. I see still that this is a way bigger issue in paid traffic than organic traffic. But even still, the way that Google's been making their changes with how ad targeting even works, sometimes the personalization is simply breaking down. 
where you might even have your negatives associated where you say, hey, I don't want any phrases that mention Ben Shapiro. But for whatever reason, it's still getting through because of some sort of broad entity match associated with MarTech podcast is a query that it shows the Ben Shapiro query instead. I'd be happy if the keyword Ben Shapiro was related to the MarTech podcast as opposed to the political commentator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess ultimately, no one really knows where the personalization game is going to end and how that's going to impact, I think, the overall uh, size of sites. I think we might be in an accordion where we might see it expand, contract, expand, contract for a period of time. Interesting thoughts. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Joe Sinkowitz the founder of Digital Heretics. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Joe, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Cygnus SEO, C-Y-G-N-U-S SEO. Or you can visit his company's website, which is digitalheretics.com, D-I-G-I-T-A-L-H-E-R-E-T-I-X.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, Hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning to discuss what are some of the penalties for using gray hat and black hat SEO practices. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.